0: Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey, everybody, this is Jim Galliano, and welcome to today's podcast. It's December, so enjoy the holiday season while it's here. You know, this time of the year, it just comes and goes like a blur, especially. I know just time goes fast overall. But at this time of the year, before you know it, the days are here and gone. We're in a new year. And with all of the craziness we've seen throughout the world over the past few years, sometimes it's nice to have just a little bit of a distraction, something that's somewhat positive to look forward to. And that's the way I've looked at this holiday season. You know, when it comes to the holidays, I'm not talking about the commercialism that we've seen over the years. I'm just talking about a day or two to enjoy with family and friends, something to look forward to, something that's a little bit different, or even just taking a little time to reflect on some of the good things that you have in your life. You know, it's just so easy to take things for granted sometimes, and you really don't know what you have until it's gone. But just to be grateful for, if you have a roof over your head, if you live in a in a place that's safe and a you know in a decent place, have food in the pantry and have heat in the winter or even AC in the summer. You just know that these are things that are so easy to take for granted. There's people throughout the world who don't even have enough to eat at the end of the day. And so just taking the time to be grateful, it's just a break from the usual. And in today's world, it's definitely worth making the effort to think about some good things, to think about some positive things. I know in the early days of growing my business, it felt like I just had one challenge after another. And sometimes, yeah, it gets kind of old when you feel like you're always struggling. But, you know, looking back, it wasn't really as bad as it felt at the time. I mean, I was never out on the street or living in my, out of my car, which I know has happened to some people that I know. And so I guess what I'm saying is, be grateful, take a little time to slow down at this time of the year and and look for the bright spots. You know, today I want to share some thoughts on the upcoming year and in the business world of today that we're in, it's just very easy to lose track of the big picture, where it is that you want to go, what path do you want to take. I want to talk a little bit about that big picture and start by asking you the question, what do you really want to build in 2022? If it was up to you, maybe you're thinking more in terms of what you have to build or you're working with whatever you have, but if it was really up to you and you had the plan in front of you, if you could build what you truly wanted to build, what would it be? Maybe you're already in the process of doing this, building something. I know some people that I know, they want to build a a digital agency. They're doing it for the first time. So with them, I would ask the question, what, what kind of agency is it that you want to build? Do you want to sell social media services and Or do you want to do website design and development? You know, there's different tools for different types of businesses. And sometimes, I mean, there's just so many tools out there. Just today, I was in a conversation online about some of the different tools that are available for email marketing. And there's just so many of them. There are self-hosted tools where you would host these tools, set them up, scripts on your own server that would take care of your email marketing. There's numerous SaaS products out there anything from Mailchimp, MailerLite, uh Moosen, Sendinblue. I mean there's just a huge list of them that goes on and on. And then there's even software applications that work on on your desktop or whatever device that you have that you can actually connect to different online services and send things right from your right from the desktop. So, and when it comes to things like marketing plans and business plans, there's multiple avenues that you can take that can fit into the specific kind of business that you want to grow. So using just digital agencies as an example, if you're building a digital agency around website design, then your marketing plan is going to be a little bit different than if you're building it around social media or just hardcore coding and development. Um, And for other people, they look at this entire digital agency model and think, you know, this this is just isn't for me i would rather stay small be a one or two person type of business but be very profitable or as profitable as possible if that's you then instead of looking at all these different types of software and systems and things like that that you can buy then i think it'd be easier especially looking forward to really think about what type of problem you as the individual are going to solve and what type of client you're going to provide that solution for. So for example, in my own experience, I came from a place where I was very much focused in the early years on building an agency type business. Then I found out pretty quickly that that type of business can be super stressful, super overwhelming, so I began to adjust it and began to create a version of it that was better suited for me. And now as time has gone on, I've been spending so much time consulting that I've had to make some other adjustments so that I could incorporate that into my overall business strategy. And I discovered that you can be small and yet be even more profitable than you could be with a larger type of business type of plan. And so, but but I say all that to say this, you definitely have to get clear on what type of problem it is that you are going to solve. Because you can't be, if you're an individual or if you're a team of two people, it's very hard to compete against companies or other businesses in your niche that may be selling maybe a half a dozen different types of services. Because you really have to focus on selling each type of service. I know some people they sell a little bit of social media services, they sell a little bit of graphic design, they sell a little bit of website development. And when you add all of those little pieces up, it really doesn't amount to what they need. So by making the adjustment and focusing on the problem instead of all of these little parts and deciding what type of client it is you're best suited for, if you want to stay small, I'm saying, then it's much easier to focus all your energy on addressing this single problem and then using all of those little things that you would have marketed separately to solve that problem. So Even if you feel, if you look at where you've come from and you're considering where it is that you want to go, even if you feel that your knowledge in your space is somewhat generic and you're not exactly what we would refer to as laser-focused, it doesn't mean that you can't laser-focus on solving a specific problem. That's why I think it's much easier, again, to be problem-based rather than service-based if that makes sense. So now when we look at things like income and we look at the new year and you look at where you've come from and possibly where you're going, your income when you get right down to it is tied to two things. Number one, it's the importance of the problem that you solve, whether you solve one laser focused problem that involves many different pieces or whether you have a larger business that solves many different types of problems. And it also has to do with the available budget of whoever it is that you're solving this problem for. Because it's one thing that if you solve a big problem, big problems are often expensive to fix when you you really think about it. Uh, Little problems are very inexpensive to fix. But when you have someone that has a very tiny budget and they have a big problem, then it's very difficult building a business focusing on helping that kind of a person. For example, if you build, excuse me, websites, or you create advertising materials for, let's say, car dealerships, they're going to have a a much larger budget to work with than if you do the same for thrift shops. And I, I think most people realize that, but most people go for, especially if they're new in the business world, they go for the low hanging fruit first. And usually the lowest hanging fruit are people that don't really have big budgets. Maybe there are people that are startups just like yourself, but you understand where I'm going with this. And I know it's a huge leap as far as comparisons go, comparing, let's say, a car dealership to a thrift shop. So obviously, if you walk in and you talk to a thrift shop owner, they have the same basic problems that a big business has. It's just that they have much more limited resources as far as solving those problems. Every business, regardless of its size, has to overcome um, sales challenges, marketing and advertising challenges, and everything that relates to that business in the online world. They all have challenges. It's just that a lot of businesses have very small budgets to work with when it comes to addressing these problems. And that's why we see so many services popping up today that uh, address those needs, when I first got online, if I wanted to, I'm talking about back in the 90s now, if I wanted to have my own website presence, my own domain, then the options that I had back in the late 90s were severely limited as compared with the options that I have today. But the options of today address the needs and the different markets of today. So if you want to be profitable, then you really have to think that There's two things that i have to deal with number one i have to solve a problem that is a legitimate problem that enough people have and number two i need to solve it for people that have the kind of budget that it's going to take to solve this problem and and solve it really well so you either have a plan for this type of thing going forward or you don't have a plan and i have to say that if i look back on my own uh career in this space for most of the time, I really didn't have a plan. Most of the time, when I, if I really sit down and I work through the numbers, if I work through the years, most of the time I had what some people might refer to as a half-ass plan that I worked with. And I made up for my lack of planning by doing other things. But hindsight being twenty-twenty, it would have been much easier had I been more focused as far as the efforts that I put into creating a better plan or a better strategy, I was much better at strategizing for my clients and helping them succeed than I was in strategizing for my own business and growing it for a number of years. It's just that I was thankful that I was able to make things work to an extent because my clients became my biggest supporters. You know, not having a plan doesn't mean that you're a bad person, it just means that you're making it harder on yourself than it really needs to be. So think about this for a minute. If you need to generate, as we look forward into the new year, let's say an extra $60,000 next year. Now, to some, some of you, that sounds like an outrageous number just too far out there. Uh, to others, it sounds like a very reachable number. We can talk in terms of a monthly number, an extra five thousand, an extra six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month. I don't want to use the number ten. When I use the number ten, I don't know why, especially if I use the word extra. <laughs> Maybe that causes a lot of people to have this disconnect. But um you're probably gonna need, regardless of whatever you want, if if it's gonna be a significantly more, would you say a thousand dollars a month is significantly more? Would you say five is significantly more? I think it all of any number is significant because it's going to help you. It's going to help your family. So let's forget about the numbers for a minute, but let's just settle on this simple fact. You're probably going to need certain processes in place that you currently don't have in place. Processes are part of the plan, processes are part of the strategy. They're not the strategy, they're just part of the strategy. The strategy is we need to get your business from point A to point B, and there is a gap between where you are and where you want to go. And so if you haven't been able to get there organically, and you haven't been able to get there through planning, and I don't want to make it sound like I didn't plan. I did plan, but my plans were the kind that you would sketch out on the back of a napkin. And not that those can't work for some people, but they didn't work for me. So processes are part of the plan. The plan is part of the strategy. And if you prefer to take the small yet profitable path, which I think that for most of you, going forward is going to be the best fit. And if you look at the old timers, people from the past, you'll find out that towards the end of their careers, they always simplified their businesses. And I don't see any reason why you can't start out that way. Or if you're just starting out or midway into your, when I say midway, I'm saying if you started in your 20s and you're now in your 30s, there's no reason why you can't simplify now. There's no reason that you have to, you know, Lord willing that you're still around when you're in your 60s or 70s, there's no reason that you have to wait that long to simplify. I know some of you may hear that and think, oh, there's no way I wanna be still working in my 60s and 70s. But the truth is, is that there's more people than ever before who are older that really enjoy the work they're doing. So why should they retire? Especially if you're the owner of the business, you're the owner of the company. And I say that even if you're a single person uh, entity, single person business. Anyway, um, if you prefer to take a smaller but very profitable path. The processes need to be working when you're not working. That's the idea here. Processes do the heavy lifting so you don't have to. Now, a the dictionary defines a process as a series of actions or steps in order to achieve a particular end. So if you want an extra from, you know, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 whatever it is, whether you want it in a month or whether you want it in a year, you're going to probably need to have certain processes in place that currently aren't there. In other words, take the words actions and steps. Remember, the dictionary says a series of actions or steps in order to achieve a particular end. Notice both of those words have an S at the end, actions and steps. Both of them are plural, meaning more than one. So let me just give you a quick example of this. You know, there's sexy examples. Some people say there's non-sexy. Here's a non-sexy one. Let's talk about your billing processes. You can do your billing manually every month. You can sit down and you can figure out who you need to bill, what needs to be on the invoice. And, you know, some clients are billed the same amount every month. And you can use a, a payment processor like a Stripe or a PayPal. There's so many of them out there, but those are two that just immediately come to mind. If you're doing custom work, then every single invoice is probably somewhat unique, even if it's just the number of hours or the combinations of services that you have to change on those invoices. But it takes time to do billing. And, you know, plus many companies, they prefer to cut a check uh, once a month and they don't want to pay by just giving you their credit card number. And I, I guess it depends what country you live in also. But I notice more so here in North America, a lot of companies are still preferring to send out a check once a month. Some of them do it quarterly, it depends on what type of company it is, the larger ones it depends. So, but it takes time to do billing. So, if a company is going to cut you a check, then what happens if the check is late? What happens if a client falls behind on a payment? You know, it happens. And when that happens, you have to follow up on late payments. It's just another thing that's on your to-do list. And I say this from experience. It can be frustrating because you don't know if the person is just unorganized on their end. Because if you work with other small to mid-sized businesses, and you know some of them are family-owned so they don't have a full-time bookkeeper, or even those that do have a full-time bookkeeper. Recently, one of my clients, I didn't receive a payment, I think it was a month or two ago, And so I was getting ready to send out a late payment. And then in the back of my mind, I thought, what if something happened that I'm not aware of, and they're not going to, and they never received the invoice. I mean, that went kind of through the back of my mind. And if you're not mailing invoices out every month, you don't have to worry about that. In other words, if it's just coming as an automatic charge on somebody's charge card. And so I had to contact the bookkeeper and when I contacted the bookkeeper, the bookkeeper told me that she never got the invoice. And I kind of sort of believe her. Okay, I do believe her. I, you know, with some people, I kind of sort of believe them. With this person, I believed exactly what they were telling me. They found it in their spam folder. And this is an invoice that has been sent out for years now. And for whatever reason, something changed. Now, this is just a little um, aside thing here. But if you have a domain name yourbusiness.com and you're sending out invoices from that from that domain. If you do your email marketing from the same domain and you get too many strikes against you for whatever reason, then the reputation of that domain suffers. That's why a lot of people use a separate domain for their email marketing and not the domain that's tied to their main site. Now I for years have never followed that rule. I've had so many lists that I've managed over the years. Some of them are connected to my own domain. Some aren't. But for whatever reason, the domain had a few uh, dings on it, whether they are legitimate or not. And that email client that was on the receiving end of the invoice decided to put that invoice into the spam folder. So things like that can happen. And then, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, are they just ignoring the invoice or not? Now if the you know if the shoe had been reversed and I, I look at it this way have you ever forgotten to pay a bill I, I'm sure you have maybe it's with a big company I know that once I forgot to pay I think it was the water bill and they charged I don't know I think they put like $5 an extra fee on there because I paid late so if you're going to do uh, a late payment penalty you know that's another thing I've seen though with smaller businesses relationships that were once strong completely dissolve because of that late payment type of approach. But anyway, you can see that this entire billing process, manually doing bills, it can be very time consuming, especially when you have people that are behind on payments. And so in my own business, this was an issue, in the, especially in the early days. So I decided that I was going to get help with the billing. And keep in mind, for me, the early days was the 1990s. So thankfully, I had my family also involved with the business, but I still didn't have the automations set up that I have today. So everything can be preset today. The software is available. Everything can be preset, including late notices, the addition of late fees, if you want to have that done also. And you know, I can spend the rest of this podcast talking about the different types of software and services that are out there that will do this for you. Some of them require a subscription. So that will add a little bit, of course, to your overhead. Others you can host on your own server. One of the free services out there that's been around for years, some of my friends use it. It's called Wave Apps. It's available at Apps. Waveapps. That's W-A-V-E-A-P-P-S dot com. That's available for free. They don't have any monthly fees attached to it unless you're running your payroll through them. So the idea here is to plan on putting automation and processes into your business that aren't currently there so that you can free up some time for yourself as you move into the new year. And I'm just using bookkeeping as an example because bookkeeping was an issue for me, especially in the earlier days. So if I look at the bookkeeping system that I have now, it's still not 100% automated. It's automated to the point where the uh, invoices are automatically generated and all of that's put in there except for custom jobs, except for custom clients. But I've I've productized more and more of my business over time, so I don't have to sit down and spend a lot of time figuring out what should be on the invoice and what shouldn't be on the invoice where in the earlier days, I didn't have that available. So for example, a lot of the wording will be the same as you use, as you go from one invoice to the next, because you're selling products that are very similar. And so you can take the the text, you can take the copy, whatever you want to call it, you can take the descriptions of the services and have it saved in some kind of a format so that you make the creation of the next invoice easier and faster. And again, some of these programs will do that for you automatically. So I'm using Wave apps as an example. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pancake app, like pancakes like you eat at the breakfast table. Pancake app is another one. A few of my friends use it and they find it's very easy to keep all of their bookkeeping processes together. So again, if you the idea here is to plan on putting automation and processes into your business as you move into the new year so you can free up some time you would have otherwise spent doing these things. You know, I hate to say this, but in the early days, I made all kinds of mistakes. Sometimes I even forgot whether I sent out an invoice or not. So I'd send it out again. And for whatever reason, I'd be Working quickly, I'd be juggling too many responsibilities. Then I'd forget to look into the send folder. A few times I, th- I thought I sent the invoice out, but I didn't. And I didn't find a copy of it in the sent folder. So I realized, okay, I didn't send this one out. Sometimes I'd get a payment and I'd forget to record it. So I had to set up processes to do this. You might think, well, where were you spending your time? I was spending so much time working with the clients initially And that was a good thing, absolutely. That helped me in ways because I'd invest time into clients that most of my competitors wouldn't. That's why I've had the same clients going in on 23 23 years now for some of them from the early days. But I went ahead and I had to hand the responsibility off to someone else. So, And now if it was just me and there was no one available to help at all, no family, no friends, no outsourcers, no employees. If it was just me, then automation would have been uh, necessary right from the beginning. Now, maybe some of the things you're doing today can't be completely automated, and that's absolutely fine. When it comes to the finances of your business, you, the individual, know better than anyone else what your weak points are. So that's where I would encourage you to start. Start there. Start with the weak points. Figure out where it is that you're wasting time. Figure out where it is that you get upset or agitated because things go wrong. Maybe not all the time, but they go wrong enough where you realize that that area can be improved. And this brings up a few thoughts about the work itself that you're doing. If you're a service provider and every job that you do is a custom job and you're not charging enough on top of everything else, then business growth is going to be a very painful process for you. Because in the real world, service providers often struggle when it comes to how they should be dividing up their time. For example, if you're putting all of your energy into completing a project during, let's say, month one and month two, the chances are that your sales and marketing efforts, or the time you're putting into doing that to get new clients for down the road, will be anywhere from minimal to non-existent during that time that you're working on getting a project done, especially if it's a major project that requires your time, energy, focus, and not just a little bit of it. By the time month three comes around and the work begins to dry up, then you're getting serious about sales and marketing again because you've been neglecting it all the time you were working on these other projects. So you're in a feast or famine cycle that can be broken in one of two ways when you get right down to it, if it doesn't break you first. Number one, you can be in business long enough to get to the point where you have enough recurring income from your existing client base that you don't have to be as aggressive with your ongoing sales and marketing. But on the flip side of that, if things go sideways and you lose too many clients too quickly then you were not keeping up with your sales and marketing efforts enough to make up the difference quickly enough. Because the marketing and sales efforts that we put out there today will play a huge part in whether or not we ultimately, what we ultimately have and enjoy tomorrow. Think about that. Today is where we plant the seeds for tomorrow's harvest. So if you apply that to sales and marketing, if you get too lazy today then you're potentially setting yourself up for some very serious problems down the road. So, again, the feast and famine cycle can be broken in one or two ways. You can just grind it out over time and overcome just those scary points where it looks like you may or may not make it. Or number two, a more sensible option is you can create a plan to automate the things that you just don't have the time the energy or the bandwidth to do properly. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's certain things that are necessary in business that you rush through and that you don't do as far as quality, detailed work, because you have to do those things. And a lot of people, unfortunately, that's the way they approach their sales and marketing. And you know what could be more important than the future of your company, the future of your business? So if you create a plan or begin to draw out a plan where you can automate the things that you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, or you don't have the the mental bandwidth to do properly, then you'll be, yes, it's work on the front end, but you're setting yourself up to be in a much better place down the road. You know, in the earlier days when I was following a big corporate type of business model, I used to add a lot of services to what was an ever-increasing menu of services. And, and then it hit me. I didn't have the time, the energy, the effort, or the wherewithal to market 80% of these services effectively. And on top of that all, I really didn't have what you might call a consistent sales process. This is when I was first discovering the difference between corporate marketing, company marketing, maybe some people might call it agency marketing, and personal brand marketing. Because people were gravitating towards me, the personal brand, the individual, a lot more, a lot faster than they were towards the business or the company brand. That's another story for another day, but I just wanted to add that in there. So I didn't have a sales process um, that was as effective as it could have been. Let's just put it that way. What I did have was a process that allowed me to onboard and serve my existing customers much better than most of my competitors did. The problem was, the initial problem was I wasn't getting new clients on board fast enough. That was the first dilemma. Now I know a lot of you listening may be at that place today. On the plus side, my onboarding was highly personalized because I had I had the time, really. I had the time to focus on that. Or I, at least I had the inclination or the desire, maybe that would be a better way of saying it, to really take care of the people that I looked at it like they're taking care of me. We're taking care of each other. Isn't that the way business is really supposed to be when it's really working? And so that immediately differentiated me from just about everyone else. And that's, again, why I still have the same clients with me for decades, which is almost unheard of in my industry. Now, some of you listening take such good care of your own clients that you, too, will have clients for life, unless they die or go out of the business or sell sell the business. That I don't; those things really don't count. Most of the people, or a large percentage, with of your clients, you'll have them for life if you really take good care of them. The problem is, is that you don't have enough of these people, and you don't have enough of them right now. So this is why we're talking about as we look into the new year, maybe creating a better plan to solve this problem. Right? Am I right, or am I right? So you have some great clients, let's say, but just not enough of them. So what you need is a plan. And in many cases, that plan will require the processes and the automations in place to take care of things like sales and marketing efforts. Because the plain truth is, if you just don't have enough hours in the day to get things done consistently or effectively in this area, then they're not going to get done. So it's amazing that people also find the time to do the things they really enjoy. So I'm guessing that if you find the right client, then you enjoy the entire process. You enjoy the sales and marketing relative to working with that client. You enjoy the actual project itself, or you enjoy working with that person depending on what it is that you do. But the long story short is your business needs a marketing and sales plan that is going to include automated processes that don't require for you to do too many things manually yourself. If you have too many things to do manually yourself, and sales and marketing are not things that you naturally gravitate towards to, then I can tell you right now, you're just not going to do them consistently. So let's think this through step by step. Okay, someone comes to your website, let's say, or they read a post of yours on social media, either one they're interested, even if it's a vague interest in what it is that you do, what you have, what you offer. So they take some kind of an action. Maybe they contact you or maybe they enter their email address somewhere or they download something. A process is like the first domino in a line of dominoes. That's what automation is like. If you remember what dominoes look like and you often seen them lined up, I don't know if anybody plays dominoes or they just set them up so they can knock them over. But anyway, when the first domino falls, it hits the second and it sets off a chain reaction. That's what the, the, the planning of the processes is all about. The easiest way to think it through is to imagine yourself responding manually to someone's inquiry in real time because you've done it before. So what would you say? What would you give them? Would you give them something to read? Would you give them something to watch or download? Would you have a presentation for them? Think back to when you closed a deal with the right kind of person, with the right kind of client, with the right group of people. Why did it work so well? Well, part of the working so well may have had to do with the fact that they were referred by someone, so their guard maybe was a little lower. But even so, you still had to step up and communicate with them. So kind of walk yourself through the process. And I say, think about it. It may take you some time to remember exactly what it is, what you said or how you said it. But would you have followed up later that day after the first contact? Or would you have waited a day or two? Maybe would you wait a week or two? Maybe. I don't know. But would you have followed up with an email or or maybe a video? go ahead and think the whole thing through. Go back then after you do that, sketch it all out, write it out, type it out, whatever works for you. And then consider going back and automating as much of that as possible. Now I know that, you know, I can, we can get lost in the weeds on things like CRMs, which stands for uh, customer relationship management software. So, with this type, with this kind of software, if you're not really not really that familiar with it, just look it up online. CRMs, there's there's so many of them out there, but the idea behind it is, it helps you manage your customers, it helps you manage your clients more effectively, and what it does is, it combines usually what would be, several standalone software products into a single product, so that you get this 365 degree uh, view of all your clients, what they've purchased in the past, what they might be interested in in the future, your marketing activities related to whether they're prospects or ongoing clients. It does all of that. It's like, for example, you can combine project management, you can combine billing, email marketing, and a help desk, all those things into a single program, a single package. That's what a CRM is. On the plus side, you only have one learning curve, on the ne- negative side even so those things can be somewhat overwhelming de- depending on on you the individual now if it's if having all those things together in one package if that's over overkill for you maybe you can just combine things like project management and email marketing or billing and email marketing when i say email marketing i'm talking about maybe just a company newsletter or a client newsletter This kind of software also allows you to put your clients into different groups. So for example, maybe you have local clients in one group, or maybe you you put your recurring billing clients in one group and the one-off purchase clients in another group. And that way, the thinking behind this is if you create a special offer, you can send it specifically to the people of that group. So you may have one group of people, but there's also subgroups that you can, and it's drag and drop simple, for the most case, or it's simple as creating a tag and adding that tag to that customer, that client, or that company that you're working with. And so I've been playing with different CRM packages now for a few years. And and on the plus side, the software just keeps getting better with time because the need's there. The alternative, which does work for some people, is to maybe own five or six different software packages. One for your email, one for your sales and one for your email newsletter, let's say, or email marketing, one for your billing, one for project management. And maybe that works for some people too. It's just that you have maybe a higher overhead every month because you're paying for all these services separately. And well, one of the nice things about it is if you can automate each of those processes more so going forward, even if they are a different login for everyone that you have, then you might as well go ahead and do so. When you look at programs like this, I have to say oftentimes it's like you don't need maybe but a certain percentage of the functionality that you're going to get with that program. In other words, instead of looking at a program that does 101 different things and bringing your business into that, I find that it's easier to take the business you already have. And that's the central focus point. And then you bring the software into that. So you may have software that does like 20 different things, but if all you need help with is billing right now, or that's all you can handle, mentally speaking, is let's just get the the software set up to handle our billing first, and then we can move to things like email marketing. And then we can move to things like project management. Sometimes, especially if you're just one person, that's the way to do it. Because if you try and do a little bit of all of these things, what's going to happen is there's going to be too much information to take in too fast. You're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to think the learning curve is too high because you're trying to use one program that's designed to do 20 things and you want to know how to do all 20 things within the next few hours or within the next few days. And you just don't learn that way. You just overload yourself. It's kind of like cramming for a test. If you remember back in your school years, and just burning the clock and getting as much information as possible you take the test but what happens 30 days later if you had to take that test again you forgot half the stuff because you didn't learn it in a deep way you just learned it to well in this case to get a to get a grade but people do that with technology all the time they just jump from thing to thing to thing they never learn anything completely they never learn it in a deep way and they don't retain what they did learn in the first place so uh, a CRM is something you may want to look uh, into. Like I said, I've been playing with different ones. And, but I have really come down to the conclusion that you just have to take your own use case. And even if that software can do 20 different things, forget about that. Just do one thing at a time. Take a baby step and decide what you want to maybe automate first. And maybe consider targeting the weakest part of your business first. That way, you'll get the most back as far as the return on your time investment. For example, you could set up an email sequence to sell each of your services, but you start just with one service. You can use a series of emails to explain the features of that service, to explain the benefits of that service, and you can set up, let's say, a five email sequence. That means five separate emails, each designed to talk about maybe one of the features and one of the benefits of that service. Or you could also have an email where you talk about one of the uh, happy clients and use them as a use case and the benefits they received from using your service. Or in another email, you could talk about a before and after transformation that you guided a client through using your service. Maybe in another email, you could warn them about the dirty tricks of the industry, like what they need to know now versus what they need to know later. And you do that for one of your services. And they don't have to be long emails. And you don't have to write five emails. You could write four emails. You could write six emails. It's not about the number. It's about ongoing communication and giving the type of information. Again, if you think back to a client that you've already worked with, the questions they asked, the concerns they have, how you address those things, the arguments, the pros and the cons, all of those things. If you take your time, you can duplicate those communication pieces in a series of emails, whether they be four, five, six, whatever. And once you have them written, and, and again, it takes, take your time to do it right. Once you have those things written, and they're put into your whatever automated system that you're using, then you're able to be consistent with something because you have an automation in place that you've been inconsistent with in the past whenever someone makes an inquiry and you don't have to wait for people to make an inquiry you can actually go ahead and put a link to that sequence anywhere on your website you can put it behind a button you can put it underneath a blog post you can put it in your menu where people download it the idea is is that you have something working while you're not working When you have these emails finished, they're loaded into some type of auto response system, they're ready to go. And if you do that just for one service that you have, at that point, be happy. You're making progress. Maybe a few weeks later, you create another sequence for another service or another product. Again, think about the times when you closed a deal. What were the words that you used What arguments did you present? What concerns did you address? What if you put these things into an email sequence and put yourself in a place where you were able to close deals while you were doing other things, focusing on other things? That's what I mean when I talk about looking ahead and maybe having a better plan in place. But if you try and do too many things at once, you're going to become overwhelmed and you're not going to do anything. That's why I say start with something that you're already struggling with. Start with a problem area. It could be something internal to your business or it could be something external like a sales process or a marketing process. And and one by one, go ahead and get these things built and get them out there. Having a better plan can change everything. Having a plan that includes processes, or a series of steps you need to get the kind of result that you're after, it can absolutely positively change things. Now, in some cases, like I learned personally, sometimes a video does a much better job. So in that case, you create the video, and then your email is used to share the link to that video. And in that video, you can address any or some of the major questions and concerns A prospect might have about purchasing your service or buying your product. If you take the time to do this, and this is the key, don't rush through this, really think it through. Give yourself a week or two weeks to just write one sequence out and to really say what you want to say how you want to say it. If you take the time to do this, you'll be able to build a powerful business system that is uniquely yours. And here's, this is the balance. This is the balance. And this is one of the things that I enjoy working with my own clients and helping them do go through this step by step. I do this in all of my consulting programs. Is this easy to do on your own without anybody helping you? Well, let me put it this way. Everything is easier when you have help. Everything is easier when there's a second set of eyes looking at what you're doing. And like most things, the work is done on the front end so that life can be easier for you down the road on the back end. Okay, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please do go ahead and share the episode link with them. Or just send them to jimgallianocom forward slash podcast. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to share these links. It really does make it possible for me to reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach. And finally, if the solopreneur business appeals to you, as I always say, if you want to scale and grow your personal brand and do it with the less moving parts, less overhead, less headaches approach, go ahead and visit my main website at JimGalliano.com. Make sure to subscribe there and start learning how to remove some of these unnecessary layers of complexity from your own business in favor of a more manageable, easier to scale business model that can serve you much better in the years to come. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.